Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. Boop. We're back. What's up? What's up? I remember I used to say that every episode for like back. five years straight. And then, uh, and then we kept coming back. Yeah, we're back. We will always see you next time. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, next time might be a couple weeks, but we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now it feels that way, doesn't it, dude? We're like sitting here scrolling through our phones trying to figure out what to talk about in the sports world because unless you want to talk about Nate McMillan getting dismissed from the Hawks or Eric Bieniemy getting hired as the offensive coordinator for the Commanders, not a lot of like top-tier topics. You know, there's not a lot of above-the-crease topics, as they say. Uh, going to the commanders is pretty interesting. I didn't expect that. Like I went from very quickly to, um, I was starting at, no, oh, there's no way he goes to, oh damn. He signed with them in like two days. <laughs> Did you read why? Like any speculation on why? Um, I guess to have complete control over the offense. That's the only thing that really makes sense. Um, you know, it, it's a bunch of different arguments being made. You know, you could go on the side of like, be all upset that he has to even go take this job to try to get a head coaching job. Um, I guess it's fair. But at the same time, it's just hard to come from under the shadow of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's one thing to have, yeah, it's one thing to have one of the greatest coaches be under one of the greatest coaches ever or be under one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. The dude's under both. And so it's like your credibility is just what, what do you have to offer? And you know what? I'm, I'm as a fan, I am kind of excited to see what he does in the commanders. Cause now I know I'm going to find out this season. Is he real? Is he the real deal? Or has he been just, hiding in the shadows, which him going to, to the Washington commanders makes me think he might be the real deal because he even has confidence in himself too. I don't need to stay under that shadow. Like I, I do my part. I'm going to go run this offense. Okay. Well, I mean, we've had discussions, I feel like in the past where, and I don't want to say his name, but we've heard from a certain source or certain somebody that, you know, he didn't get along with everybody in the locker room or there was some issue with just the overall, like, culture feel, basically, of Kansas City with him involved. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that he's kind of third fiddle, like you were saying, on this on this circus. Yeah. But you're viewing it, like, correct me if I'm wrong, you're viewing it as more risk than reward going to the commanders then, right? Um, I don't like to define it as risk reward. It's, I guess you could, um, I just see it as he, he wanted to prove himself, um, rather than stay in the shadow, stay within, stay comfortable, stay within the shadows of Andy Reid and Mahomes, which if you're, if you're a competitor, you know, and whatnot, you, that's the obvious choice to make. Uh, it's, it's hard because big thing right now, just this past couple of years, just the whole African-Americans getting hired as head coaches. And he's kind of like at the top of that list of why he's not a head coach. And it's just, it's just one of those weird things. I even saw, um, uh, on speak, uh, Shady McCoy kind of threw being under the bus which You've was interesting. Some players. Which was interesting because I was just like, you know, I I I thought I like uh, Lashawn McCoy. Like I like honestly, I like that whole show. That's probably one of my favorite shows. Low key is Speak. I don't know why it it just is. Um, and 
I don't know, LaShawn McCoy doing that was like, uh, I know you played under him for a year, but then you see all the other Chiefs that have been there, like even former Chiefs kind of on Twitter talking about, uh, nah, bro, I'm disagreeing with you or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I think there is something to be said about the fact that he hasn't been hired for a head coaching job. Like there, I don't, I don't believe that you could sit there and blame racism on that fact. Like there has to be some reason, whether that be him being the third fiddle in this situation with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes him coming from the chiefs, like all of those things feel like positives, right? Like you, this bill Belichick tree with bill O'Brien and all these guys that come out of it. It's kind of the same logic. I feel like it's like bill Belichick runs the show up there. And then you had Tom Brady, but you had all these ancillary coaches that were like really pretty important for the process. And in this situation with Eric Bieniemy, you're discounting that because of his situation. You see what I'm saying? Like that parallel? Yeah. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think uh, Shannon Sharp was alluding to that because he said, you know, one of the big knocks is he doesn't call plays. He's like, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson didn't call plays under Andy Reid. Um, Matt Nagy didn't call plays under Andy Reid. They still got hit coaching jobs pretty quickly, too. Um, so I was just like, damn. Stumped I, I, that one. Yeah, I would hate to think that, like, first of all, the commanders of all the teams hiring him, they're the one in the biggest shitstorm of any team right now. So, yeah, I, yeah, but it's kind of like they have the shittiest owner, but, like, one of the most well-respected head coaches and Ron Rivera. And I yeah. think ultimately it is Ron Rivera's decision to hire him on as offensive coordinator. So in a way it doesn't make sense, but when you just look at the Ron Rivera aspect of it, it does make sense. Fair. I, uh, I can't sit here and blame racism for the fact that he hasn't been hired. There has to be other reasons, right? Like there just has to be. So the- yeah, that's, that's, that was the point I was making there was that him leaving the commanders going back to just, I think it's probably more risk than reward because like eventually, I mean, you, you've had an amazing run the past five years. If I have this correct, I think he's been with them for five years. They drafted Patrick Mahomes five years ago. They've been to five straight AFC championship games and they've been to three Super Bowls and one, two. Like, why would you leave that situation to go to the commanders because in my head the only way this is a win is not only if the commanders are above 500 but if they're like a like a true playoff team and the offense is cooking because the offense last season was abysmal dude they were switching between Carson Wentz and, and Heineke so they clearly didn't have it figured out so you have to go from a situation where you've gone to five straight AFC championship games with one of the best quarterbacks in the league to a situation where they don't even know how they score points because they can't even figure out what quarterback to put on the field i can't imagine that the risk to reward ratio is high enough to make that decision smart because you're you're gonna have to correct that whole quarterback room get the offense rolling on the field actually win some games and like put your name on the map or else it's going to be all eric Bieniemy left championship kansas city and went to washington and we haven't really heard from him since right like this is a pretty big risk in my opinion I mean, I kind of equate it to um, like in, in the corporate world, if you're in your office job, you know, you, you, you obviously have aspirations, you're young and have aspirations of moving up. But let's just say that both the position above you and that position is occupied by, yeah. I mean, guys that aren't retiring any time, any freaking time soon. So, you know, sometimes like you want, you want to move up the ladder, but those guys aren't leaving. And sometimes you look to another company and just like, maybe I should make that lateral move just so I'll have a better opportunity in the next few years to move up over there rather than I could stay here. I'm comfortable. I've been here a while and I can do the job. Yeah. I I think it's, but you're talking about two stable companies. I think this is a guy moving from a company that's, let's say, a Fortune 500 company to a company that's battling bankruptcy. Like, it's not an even playing field. And it's mainly because you're, 
Like, if your end goal as Eric Bieniemy is to get a head coaching job, I don't think this is the best move for you because you're not in the spotlight at the most important time in football, which is playoff time. Like, the, the commanders are never, I mean, I shouldn't say never, they're more than likely not going to be in the spotlight come playoff time. So you're not going to be in the coaching talks nearly as much as I believe you would be if you were Kansas, Kansas City because you are in those conversations. But if he does go to a stable team, that can also be used against him. Like, oh, like they already had this, the pieces. Like they didn't, you know, they, they had success before. You, you didn't really do anything you go to a shit show in washington if he turns if he makes that offense look any any kind of somewhat good and relevant you can't hold anything against him we lose our boy no it looks like we didn't Um, he's still here yeah i i think you put like it sounds like you put more value on like turning around a franchise or an offense rather than like elevating an offense. Like to me, I think there'd be more value in him going to like a, a, like a green Bay. And this is just totally hypothetical, but a green Bay, like an offense that is there, like should be there, should be championship contending or for whatever reason isn't. And he's able to get them to the championship tier. I put more value on that than turning around a Washington commander's offense. But especially, and this is a big if, especially let's just say in this hypothetical, Aaron Rodgers stays. That's it's the you're kind of. But you're not well, like well, pieces. Like you want him to do so much with nothing. Like I just think that's not like. I mean, the thing is, you. I'm just going off of like all the knocks he's gotten so far. Like yeah. the thing is, he. It, I feel like he's at a point. He's to the point where he needs to go to a shit show too. So that way the doubters can have nothing to say. Like if he if he if it fails, it fails, whatever. Like he he can get a honestly, he could get an offensive coordinator coordinator job anywhere. Yeah. In the NFL. Like, I mean, there's no one that I mean, pretty sure Andy Reid will take him back. Like with open arms. You know, it, it's so I think it, in a way it's not that big of a risk because as an offensive coordinator, he's safe. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of a risk of the head coaching thing. Um, if he wants to become eventually become a head coach, yeah, it's a little risky because you gotta you're putting all your chips on the table. If this doesn't work out as an OC running the offense, you're definitely not gonna get a head coaching job. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't mean that he's out of a head coaching position forever. I just think right now, I I don't see in my head how how you get a head coaching job off of Washington. Like, I just I just don't see it because either you go there and you turn the whole franchise around and you start winning games. You're why would you leave? Like that's that you you could elevate into the head coaching position there. I mean, with head, with Ron Rivera's health concerns. You could do that. Or, like, if it doesn't go well, yeah, you go run somewhere else and be an OC there. But, like, I just, it is literally the top of the league to essentially the bottom of the league. Like, I just don't get that. Like, why not go to a mid-tier team and make them a playoff team? Then you get an opportunity because at least you're in the spotlight. But if you go to the bottom team, like, a winning season for them is, like, five, seven wins. Like, it's not even 500. So... I just don't I don't get it. That's what I don't get. I guess uh I I don't think the standards are that high. I think first of all, he's just the offensive coordinator. So I mean, I'm not gonna base his performance off of solely just wins and losses. That's more on Ron Rivera because the enemy could do his thing, but the defense could suck ass and yeah. lose all the games for them. So it's more of like I think in this first year of him doing this, if he's able Whoever he takes as quarterback, I guess Carson Wentz. I think if they have like at least a top 15 offense and, you know, can win a couple of games here and there because of good offensive play, good play calling, I think that's a real big 
jump up. Like that's a that's a big success. Um, I'm not going over there expecting him to all of a sudden make the commanders like 14 and 14 and three team, like number one seed and whatnot. That's just not realistic. That's he's on he's on one side of the ball. He's in charge of one side of the ball. So it's just it's more of things like that. Um, and the thing is, like they have talent. I want to say they have talent. I don't want to. I don't want to call it pieces. I want to say talent. Like Scary Terry, he's talent. He's a talented wide receiver. Carson Wentz. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm a plead I the like fifth. I like Heineke, on. dude. I like Heineke. You got Heineke, and you know you, you got some. You got some talent on that offensive side. Now, if he can make them actually. Uh, Chase Young. Chase, yeah, Chase Young. Um, so if he could make turn that talent into pieces, it, it'll be a success on his first year. I think so. How many years does he stay there, though? If it's a success. Uh, well, here's the thing. Here's where, like, where I think the real risk is. Daniel Snyder is probably going to get ran out of that ownership of the the Redskins. I mean, sorry, <laughs> the commanders. <laughs> um, so I would, I would think that if he gets ran out of town, new ownership comes in. New ownership, a lot of times they like to clean house. Uh, that's the only real kind of sheesh, like that, that I, I would, that's a big red flag, I guess. If I were the enemy, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point because he is in a shitstorm right now. I don't even know what would. Yeah, I guess you're banking on the fact that if that does happen, there's a team with an opening. At that point, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I think either either I mean, either he's banking on already by. When that all is said and done, he's gone. He's got his head coaching gig or, I mean, it's not too far-fetched. You know, Ron Rivera has a good, you know, he, he has a good uh, thing in the league, good reputation in the league. So yeah. the new ownership might be like, you know what, Ron Rivera, we, we want to keep you. But, I mean, it's just even, even then, usually new ownership kind of likes to, you know, clean, clean everything up. He would be so shitty, and I, I wish Alejandro was here to fact check me. But that would be the second time that Ron Rivera would have gotten let go because of a change of ownership. Because when David Tepper came in and bought the Panthers, I believe that lined up with his firing, and then they went and hired Matt Rule. Um, so you'd For have real? To fact, yeah, you'd have to fact check me. No, the Panthers sold that year because remember P. Diddy and Steph Curry and a bunch of people were really mm -hmm. interested in buying, and then David Tepper who's, I mean, he's a software guy. I think he's Microsoft or something like that. Um, came in, he might be. I don't know. Um, he came in and bought it, and you'd have to fact check me, but I'm pretty sure they cleaned house on a majority of the players and, and whatnot. And that's when they went and got uh, Howell, or not Howell, Sam Darnold, and uh, the kid, the roughneck guy, Walker, PJ Walker, and... She had who is their starting quarterback? Wow, this is Carolina Panthers football right now. I do not watch Carolina Panthers football. Uh, <laughs> shit, who is their star? who's the other quarterback? I'm forgetting. Cam Newton. Um, no, 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 no. Not Jake DeLone. No. <laughs> Sam Darnold. <No. laughs> name that. Name, name that, that Panthers QB, bro. <laughs> but uh, it was. Uh, I mean, Ron Rivera got fired midseason. Um. And then, yeah, Matt Rule came in in 2020, took over. So when did the team sell? Panthers. Uh, so Rivera got fired in 2019, so. Hedge fund. It's a hedge fund guy. Uh, oh, damn, this was, yeah, 2018 that he bought the team. I mean, still, it's like, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's like, okay, we like you. We'll give it. We'll give you some time. They gave him a year. I was like ah, this, this is not working out. So now we're yeah. gonna clean house. Yeah, that's uh, 
That would be the second time then. I mean, he'd get cleaned house by a new ownership. That would suck for Ron Rivera, a guy who certainly doesn't deserve it. Hell of a coach. Now, what's really interesting uh, is that backstory, since we're on the topic of, topic of owners, of the Kevin Durant trade. Of um, So the Suns got a new owner, and he got pushed. The mortgage he, Yeah, he got pushed. He got fast-tracked to the owner to become actually taking over the owner and that's right when he green-lighted the KD trade. Uh, I remember I was listening to, I think, Wendy, Brian Windhorst, talk about it. He said, this trade never would have happened if he hadn't gotten fast-tracked and took over the team. Because he said the old, the old owner never would have wanted this. Never would have never green-light, which is why KD never got traded over there over the summer. And I, I thought that was really interesting how, you know, he essentially from what I got was that the owner, he fast tracked his way in there to try to get control before the trade deadline, specifically for this. I don't know about whether to get Katie or specifically or not, but just to, I guess, make a big move because that's just, you know, some of these owners, they just fuck it we're getting we're getting kd like i don't care what i have to give up for him you know what i mean um he uh it looks like he bought the suns and then part of the mercury which is the wnba team if i'm if i remember correctly mm -hmm. oh damn he's the ceo of united wholesale mortgage i can tell you as an insurance guy that I work quite a bit with him so he's doing well yeah that's that's fascinating though because this deal was finalized this Article was published by Woj December 20th. So that would make a lot of sense if they fast tracked it because it would have been, I mean, minus if we forget about the holidays, that's still a month and a half until he makes that trade. That's probably about as much time, like the minimum amount of time required to catch up on all the financials and statistics and responsibilities and what you need as an owner. Like you can't just walk in and the next day you start making trades. Like there's a learning curve to this, I imagine. So a month and a half is incredibly fast to go in and make that that big of a trade, but I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's funny how uh, it's just kind of crazy how I, I I say like sports is so synonymous with just life and business and whatnot. You know, you just have every every team is ran so different, so much differently, and. You know, you could tell the the owners that have their hand all over it. They're just like, you know, this is what I want. They then you have the more more hands off owners that let the GM and VPs do their thing, front office people. Y'all do your thing. I trust you. Hands off. I just want to see a good product or and whatnot. Um, but. Hey man, who else? What, what happened to this this Phoenix Sun, the prior Phoenix Suns owner? Do you remember what happened to this guy? Uh, he was the fuck. What what did he do now? He did something. Uh... He was he was walking around the office apparently, like saying the n word. That's very like loose on how what really happened. But it says here, you know why? This is quote what he's saying. You know why Draymond Green get gets to run up the court and say, and then in parentheses, N-word. Starver, who is white, allegedly said, repeating the N-word several times in a row. You can't say that. Watson, who is a black and Hispanic, uh, told Starver, why? Draymond says N-word. He said, you can't, you can't fucking say that, Watson said. So apparently this man was just kept saying the N-word over and over again. Like, sometimes I just wonder if people think when they say certain things. Like, come on, man. You got to know it's 2023, bro. It's not the 60s. Like you can't be walking around saying that word anymore. Is it one of those where you? Is it one of those where you don't want to be the owner anymore, and that's just your way of like, huh? How do how do I get out of this? Yeah, it's like stands like how quickly can I get fired? Uh, but dude, we we actually had some football this weekend, XFL football. I I didn't really watch too much. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't. Um, I did put on the Sunday games. I did put a bet, which I lost, of course. Don't silly me. Both of the first 
the Saturday games went over significantly. And I was like, man, they're low balling for the opening weekend. They're low balling this total. Both the games went under, <laughs> but it, I, I kind of caught glimpse of it, glimpses of it. And it's, it was just, it took me back to the good old days, the OG XFL 2020, you know, when we were actually pretty, pretty excited about it. And it, it it's kind of, it, it it's it's nice. I mean, I feel like it kind of sucks because the talent is obviously not the same. But you know, all those things we loved about it before the kick, the the kickoff, the new kickoff system, the how they are so the replays. You remember how they're so just boom, yeah. boom, 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 and clear communication. You have mics on the refs. You hear what they're saying. Um, the one of the biggest things that came actually came into effect was the onside kick rule the converting if you convert a fourth and like fourth and 15 you you can on the 20 yard line 25 yard line you can continue the drive instead of having to do an onside kick and i think it was the st louis battlehawks actually came back to win because utilizing that rule so that was pretty cool um but yeah, it was just it was just kind of one of those things where you you scroll through Twitter. A lot of people are like, man, should they put this in the NFL? Blah blah blah. And it's hard because I'm like on the fence. I'm kind of like, man, yeah, I would love to see that in the NFL. But at the same time, I just feel like you should keep the NFL the way it is, and like that's just what makes the XFL the XFL. That's what makes it unique and. That's what if the NFL were just to get just take those rules, every one of them that the people have liked, then shit. Why would I watch the XFL? You know what I mean? Like That's a good point. I mean, I think you watch it because it's more football, right? Like the people who are watching the XFL are either family friends of the players, local to the town that they don't have an NFL or they can't afford to go to an NFL game, so they go to a different game. Or I mean, you're fans of the players like AJ McCarron plays for the Battlehawks. So everybody remembers AJ McCarron. And Josh Gordon plays for the Sea Dragons. Ben DiNucci, the old Cowboys quarterback, plays for the for the Sea Dragons. So don't 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 try to downplay the XFL now. I'm not. Kind of, I'm just, you're making I'm, it seem like you know. Don't don't forget uh, I, we were pumped about our 2020 should have been champions. The Houston Roughnecks, because they should have won a championship game as a reporter, bro. Believe me, I'm not downplaying it. I've I've got nothing but love for the XFL. Which uh, Roughnecks won, by the way, still haven't lost in the XFL. Just so y'all know. Yeah. No, I like it. I think um, it's. I mean, it's good to have more football going on. It's funny that you sit here and talk about the rules of. You know, we have. We have two leagues of the same sport, but they operate by different rules. And I sit here and think, oh, that's kind of familiar. It's almost like we have another sport that has two leagues that are operating by different rules and we're comparing the two. That would be the PGA Tour and Live. So it's just, it's, and one, and, and the reason I bring it up, you're like shaking your head like, God damn it, Alex always brings it back to fucking golf. No, it's the <laughs> it's the fact, no, it's funny just because I was just like, man, ain't nobody thinking about golf, bro. Because I, I was really in my head like, fuck, what what league is he talking about? I even went to fucking NASCAR and F, F1 before I even got to golf. Like, yeah, same, same, <laughs> same game, just different leagues. And I think I'll support the XFL. Because I support all these guys. Because in football, it's so different than basketball and, and any other sport because injuries play such a major factor. And you can have a couple good games, have the right eyes on you, and all of a sudden, you know, you get a great opportunity with the team. So I always root for these guys, especially, you know, the guys, that, the journeymen, right? Like, they, they want to make it, but for whatever reason, they just can or they haven't. Um, so I always support them. But I also support this league because I think, like you said, it's like a testing league for the nfl so live has done a lot of really good things for the pga namely increase the prize pool for every single tournament every single tournament the players make more money now and that's a direct impact from live there's other things like the way that the tournaments are structured or their time off or the way the points are or things like that it's all been impacted by live 
and you can start to see it. So I think the XFL is really good for the NFL because we can see things like the way they review calls in the XFL. And there's enough hubbub about it that eventually the NFL will start to apply things that they're seeing positive reaction from the NFL or the XFL. So I like that. I like that we see th- different things. I do hope they take the best of, a, of, of the things in the XFL and put them in the NFL. Because that's that's what competition's about, dude. It's like improving the product. If there's no competition, then the product just gets stale. So the NFL isn't stale, but it can be improved, especially with all the fucking ref talk we had this past year, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny thinking about it. How football compared to other sports is just the little brother. Just it it seems to never work out for some reason. I don't know what it is. Every other sport, you know, you got um, mainly soccer internationally. Like, people don't just watch, you know, top tier, you know, in Spain, Real Madrid, Barcelona. They also, you know, there's different divisions that, lower tier divisions that people still root for, like fan over and whatnot. Even, I would say even basketball. Basketball has the G League, you know. There's people that keep up with that. Baseball, minor leagues, people most definitely keep up with that. Even uh, in hockey, when you get more north, like hockey, people keep up with the the lower leagues. But it's so weird because football is just as much as people in America love football, like just diehard football. Anything, any league, football league below NFL is just kind of like, it's just hard to sell. It's hard to get people to invest what's up you said below nfl so i just wanted to make sure you didn't include college obviously yeah, not including like professional sports league like okay. um it, it, it it's crazy to me how it's just and I, I really don't have an answer into why but like why does why does a lower league lower tiered professional football league just not get the same not get as much attention or just any kind of fandom like the lower tier the minor leagues of baseball minor leagues of hockey the 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 lower tier divisions of soccer you know what i mean like it's it's crazy to me and i really don't don't get it uh, i think if you look at baseball specifically like baseball is what 164 regular season games and then basketball is 162 and the basketball is 82 Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have G leagues involved with both of those that are pretty popular, like, you know, youth league, young, not youth leagues, but like, uh, growth leagues. We'll just say G leagues. Um, I think with the NFL dude, it's like, it, it's like a narrative thing. It's like a, it's a control thing. It's, you know, if you only have 31, 32 owners, whatever, um, in the room making the decisions, then like they have full autonomy over the product, right? Like they, and the product will sell because they're naturally like people just will watch football. So regardless of like the quality of it, it will sell. So there's not really like a push to improve the product. So why like give their, why give any space for a competitor to like show, to show the chinks in the armor of the NFL in the shield. I mean, put it pretty perfectly show the chinks in the shield. Because there's plenty of them that we see as fans, but there's not another league that can really push that envelope. And I don't think the owners, like, there's not really a financial benefit to having, like, a, a developmental league. That's what college is. Like, college baseball, I also think also, like, just with the positions and the way the sport is structured, like, baseball is just way different. And, and basketball is another one that's, like, I mean, college basketball is kind of weirdly structured. Like, football in college is so different than baseball and basketball, right? Like, it's just it's like it's so much more important and the competition is so much more stout so that's why like a a feeder league like a professional feeder league for football it's less relevant because that's kind of what college is like if you don't make it in college you don't make it on a practice squad or you don't get drafted like you just don't make it meanwhile in baseball it's like you can work on your mechanics and like basketball you can work on your craft like improve you see what i'm saying like in football i think you have a shorter lifetime and so there's not really a need for that but I, you would, but ideally, you would think logic. Just putting the math together, 
you would think, okay, the NFL is by far just the number one sport in America and people just absolutely, they die for it. And you would think if there were another football league that comes during the off season, it's not even competing with them during the season, just going on during the off season, you would think, man, they would, they would get a good, just a solid fandom going for that league because people just want football that, I mean, from freaking July, August to February, all people do is just football, football, football. And so I, I'm thinking of more of it from like the fan standpoint, because I think it's more of a fan thing. Why can't these fan? why can't people get on board when they love football so much? And I kind of wonder if it's one of those things like for that part of the football season, you just go so hard when the off season hits, it's just kind of like, I, I, I don't want more foot. Like I kind of, yeah. I, I need a rest of it. Even no matter how diehard you are, it's like, I, I kind of need a break from this. Yeah. It's, uh, Cause it's I know that a roller coaster. Yeah. Cause I know that's exactly how I feel. I want to watch the XFL, but I just, I can't cause I'm just exhausted. Like football is exhausting to me. Like now I've been watching recently. I've been watching obviously a lot of basketball and hockey and it's just, it's refreshing. It's, it's nice. It's a different change of pace yeah. than the football grind i guess you could say yeah. no it is a grind especially like because we are a part of like the quote media and for us it's a grind dude i mean it's like you were saying six seven months of every week like knowing what's going on and keeping up and watching the teams and injuries and coaching changes and you dedicate a whole day every week just yeah. to that we're in like you just feel like you kind of not that you what you have to like you just you need to because it's just that's the only way to really get the sport whereas these other sports you 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 can watch a game or two today and then maybe one tomorrow and then like you kind of you take it in smaller doses i guess you could say in football you just that's the one big on sunday yeah so you're watching like eight or nine games on a sunday and it's it's exhausting and then, like, for us remembering and, you know, if I ever take notes, but taking notes, like, if you ever do that, just, like, keeping up with it all, man. Like, that's why we'll get on here and say, you know, I'm looking at something for Martavius Bryant. I'm thinking, Martavius Bryant, he used to play for the Steelers. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, where did he go? And it's just one of those things where it's like, holy fuck, like, you have to know where Martavius Bryant, the former Steelers, went. Like, where – just this knowledge like that. So that feeds into – I don't – think the xfl is nearly as popular as the nfl obviously for so many reasons but one of them being like you have to learn all the main characters in the xfl that's part of the the fun in the nfl is knowing all the different characters all the different like characters mean players but i just mean characters coaches owners things like that like all the different storylines so you get the storylines so you understand them and you understand the relevance with the xfl it's like these are all former NFL players or, you know, they tried to be in the NFL and they just didn't make it. And they're still trying, which applaud, you know, props to them. But that's a whole new roster of like players that I need to learn a whole new league of players. I need to learn. Um, and that's just like for how limited it's been around. I don't think that's like reasonable to expect like your fan base to be, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and study the roughnecks, roster but if i've managed a way to like go to a game like then i'll review the roster i don't know it's gonna take me like a, a year or two to really get a good grip on the roster right like that's usually how it goes like you have your adjustments your trades every year but like how often do you just like learn a full roster like in such a quick turnaround right like it's just not it's just not normal and also i mean just another thought you know, the NFL, like, we, we go through this lull period like we're in right now where we don't really want to talk too much about the NFL because we've consumed so much of it. But the NFL probably also doesn't want to promote another league because by June, July, August time, you and I are like, dude, where the fuck is the NFL? Like, we said that this this past July. We're like, I can't wait, dude. Like, feel like, it feels like it's been forever. I can't wait. So there's that part of it. 
that keeps the fans addicted to your product that if you dilute it, you'll lose some of that. So there's a lot of reasons um, that I can see why the XFL like has not existed, but I sure hope it does, man. Like more football. I mean, it's always like throwing on football. <laughs> yeah. I think they just probably started too soon. They should have waited a little bit after the Super Bowl, but I it is what it is. It's going to make a difference. Like you got to think the rock is going to make a little bit of difference, right? Like something. Yeah. But it is what it is. <laughs> You know, um, all-star game, huh? all-star game, bud. Yeah. Wait, wait, any thoughts other than Mac McClung saving the dunk contest? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, see, I didn't really watch the festivities. I've stopped watching the festivities. I watched the game, but like the other stuff I just find silly. Like the celebrity game is so silly to me. Oh, I love I, that's my honestly my favorite event is the celebrity all-star game when you I see the celebrity on purpose. Like I don't mean it negative or positive. It's just silly to me. Like it's a silly event. So I'll have to watch it because I enjoy it. Um, yeah. Growing growing up, I remember as a kid, like that's the one event I always looked forward to because it's just cool seeing kind of seeing, you know, people from different sports, different celebrities. Just can they ball? Can they not? What, what's going on here? And and it's all you know. It's all jokes, and you know you got the you know like Giannis, the coach, and whatnot. You got had Richard Jefferson out there ref in the game, and so it, it's I kind of like it just because it's like it's still basketball in a way, kind of pick up basketball ish with these athletes and celebrities, but it's it's very lighthearted as well with the jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I would always look forward to the dunk contest. I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious. I think it was, I, mean, I, I remember watching Blake Griffin jump over Ikea and it was like mind blown. That was, that was like 2008 or nine. Like yeah. Long ago. Um, I mean, it was 15 years ago. Jeez. <laughs> uh, geez, Louise. I didn't realize they, they, they probably fact check that. There's no way that's right. Um, the game itself, man, like we talked about this, it just needs more competition. Like whatever it is, like there has to be some way to get these guys to compete at a higher level. Just on the defensive end, dude, I get like the injury factor of it. And I'm never going to talk down on an athlete for taking care of themselves and just making business decisions on a weekend like this. Like this is all-star weekend is silly in, in, the grand scheme of things, you're making a playoff push a lot of these guys, so you don't want to get injured. I get it. At the same time, it's not really an all-star weekend if you have half your all-stars sit- sitting and then the other half are just, it's like a layup line. It's not It's not really like a game. Like, it's it's like how many, it, I watch it and I'm like, I wonder how many points they'll score this time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really a game. It's more yeah. of like a scoring contest. Three-point contest. But, you know. I, I feel like, we when they first did this new system of the there was that that first year dude like the first couple years i think pretty much the first two year two three years it was up until the end up until this year that's why i took the under 324 because i was like dude usually the score always ends up in like 300s total and whatnot because they start playing towards the end Nah, not this time they just they just coasted and yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just, I think Stephen a hit it on the head when he said, why are these guys, these guys play harder in off season pickup ball yeah. than they do in the all-star game. And I was just like, you know what? You, you onto something. You might be onto something. Cause uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me. You, you got like, all the best of the best right there. You know, you kind of pick it beforehand too, like it's a pickup game. But nobody then nobody wants to play. Yeah. Well, the build-up, when you think about it, the build-up is not anything significant. So, in my head, if I'm trying to promote competition from a group of people that don't want to compete or are prone to compete, but are aware of the consequences in this situation. So are, you know, putting that, that desire to the side. 
you got to set up the weekend to be like a competitive weekend. Like there has to be like some one-on-one something like some shit talk. Something has to form some sort of energy that carries over to the all-star game. That isn't like a fun loving energy. Like fun loving is fine, but if the game is fun loving, then it's a scoring contest. If the game, it's like all of a sudden, you know, Dame and Kyrie went one-on-one earlier in the week and Dame scored, you know, he went 11-7 on him or something like that. Like, that's some animosity in the match, right? Like, you have to create that in order to get people, because I think it really only takes, like, one of them on the court. Like, just one player has to push the button, and then everybody's like, oh, okay, we're doing this? Like, we're doing this? All right, let's do this. I think it just takes one. What do you think? Like, you think it's a full team effort, or do you think it's just one person pushing that competitive button to get everybody going? Uh, I don't even know. Um, They were saying on ESPN, you know, Adam Silver is a big blame for this because just because his his, uh, leniency with the players when it comes to All-Star Weekend, like they don't even have to show up until – Saturday, some don't even really don't even show up till Sunday, the day of the the game. And whereas beforehand, they would have they had to show up by Friday, be there by Friday, uh, before All Star Weekend. So that's one thing. I think another thing too is um, I think was a good point is the all the skills challenges and all that stuff. I think that's a big part of the whole competitive thing you're talking about and it kind of gets diluted when you have non all-stars competing in those events like the dunk contest is full of non all-stars i loved Um, loved Stephen a's take on lebron james in the dunk contest which i'm assuming you saw that i didn't well i saw the headline but i never got around to actually seeing what he had to say i want to watch that slander I mean, it, it said he ruined the dunk contest, right? Yeah, but I really, I do strongly agree with, with what that conversation led to. It made a lot of sense to me. Mm. Yeah. It's also, you know, why is Julius Randle doing the three-point contest? <laughs> you know, like, it, it's things like that. Um, I think what it kind of feeds into what you're saying, the whole competitive nature leading into the actual all-star game. Um, Also doesn't help that you're having the all-star game in Cleveland, Utah. I mean, you heard Shaq, Kenny and them making fun of like, there ain't a damn thing to do here, you know, (laughs) and all that stuff. I guess it's just something needs to happen to change the culture of the all-star game and for all sports though, because in football, it's a joke. Well, football is understandable just because how violent the game is. I don't think there's anything you could really do about that, but basketball, like you can, you don't have to go all out to play like decent basketball. You know, you don't have to like, like Stephen, A said they play harder in off season pickup ball at lifetime fitness. Yeah. Than they do at the All Star Game, which is, come on, bro. You, you, and I'm I know, in those off season games, they're not playing full 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 force, going all out. And it still looks. I mean, from the videos that come out, it still looks competitive. It still looks good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looks like a good product. And yeah, I just I just, I just don't understand why. I mean, I kind of do on the players' perspectives because now they're, it's gotten to the point they're just kind of like, oh, we're just here, you know, having fun, shooting around. And the thing is, Jason Tatum scoring 55 and getting MVP is just kind of like, okay. You know, any, any, it's a matter of who actually tries. Yeah. If you try, you put up enough, like, shots, you can score enough points. Also, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, is it your day? Are you hot? Like, are you making shots? Are they falling? If they are, then you have no defense to compete against, and you're just going to, you know, shoot around. Um, I'm going to say something that is very not Alex-like. Uh, I, I'm always supportive of the players, 100% supportive of the players. For everything, you can hear it. If you don't believe me, this is the first time you're hearing me talk. 
go listen to the prior 400 episodes. We're very player focused. The All-Star Weekend is not for the players. I believe the All-Star Weekend is for the fans. Reason being is because you have all of the best basketball players in the world come together in one arena, and we are expecting as fans, like they play against the best every night, like they play against each other. But what we want is, okay, these are the best from every team, and we want to see y'all play against each other. This isn't for y'all. This isn't like bragging rights. Like, because if it was, it would be a competitive product, but it's not. It's for the fans. So, by being so lenient on the players and the players having that perspective, it, it, to me, it, you're doing a disservice to the fans on a great opportunity for somebody who has never watched some of the best players play to get an opportunity to watch them. Like, I just, I just, I don't, I don't see. I don't know. Like it, the vacation portion, the time off, that's all for the players, but the the festivities of it all is for the fans. I think that's pretty clear. I'm so confused right now because, you know, I just have Sports Center going on. And you know, they 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 no, I mean, I I was just it's just Sports Center, maybe like a good topic will pop up on here that I was like, "Ooh." And Not so No, but <laughs> They're talking about basketball, right? You know, they usually have on, like, bring on, all right, we're bringing on this person, ESPN analyst. The, 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 bo- the box pops up, and it's freaking Tristan Thompson. And I'm just like, that is the last person I expect to pop up out of that box. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I wish I could hear him right now. <laughs> like, I, I'm just curious. He just looks goofy. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait, when, when did, who let this guy be an ESPN NBA analyst? But yeah, man, it's just, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with the going forward. It, I, I just really thought that new system, all-star scoring system would last longer. It's a, I think it will. Um, I think Stephen A touched on the dunk contest with LeBron, and I'll explain a little bit about what he said. It's just like, you know, LeBron gave us everything everywhere else, but he never competed in the dunk contest. Like Michael Jordan, uh, Dominique Wilkins. I mean, you go you go through the list. He's He listed a couple other players, like older players. And he was like, they all competed in the dunk contest, but you never did. And I think it was not Marcus Spears, but another fellow up there who said he competed. Oh, no, it was uh, Wendy, because I, wa- I watched this. It was uh, the, the McDonald's dunk contest when he was in high school. <laughs> I've watched that clip. He didn't do very good, according to Wendy, and according to what I remember, too. He didn't play very – he didn't do it very well. And the reason he won it is because he's LeBron James. And it's a LeBron James show, but he wasn't very good at it. So the first year – According to Wendy, this was what he was saying. The first year, LeBron didn't make the All-Star game. So he's been in the league for 20 years. He has 19, 19 All-Stars. He did not make it his first year. That, he says, was kind of the moment when he realized, like, okay, if you're not going to invite me, like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just going to show up. And then by year two and three and four, like, if he didn't do it in the second year, the risk versus reward ratio is not in his favor. Like, it's just... If he messes up, like it's not good for him. And I don't blame him for that, but I think it set a precedent for other players because LeBron has set a ton of precedents um, that it's okay to not compete in the dunk contest. And so players like Giannis or Kawhi or, oh, he said Vince Carter was another one. And I was like, yeah, Vince Carter did it. Michael Jordan, I mean, Kobe did it. Um, so many, So many players have done it and he didn't. So that's why he blames him because he set that precedent that you don't need to do it. And I don't hate it, but I agree with his perspective because I wish LeBron James would do the dunk contest. I think everybody does. And I think even if he didn't have a perfect score, he didn't do amazing. Like, sure, the internet would shit on you, but, like, your fans, your actual fans, would appreciate you just doing it. Like, I, I, I think that. Um, I, The thing is, it's hard. It's... It, it's hard for me because, yes, you know, LeBron is athletic, as athletic as it gets. That doesn't mean he has the creativity or anything to pull off. Shut the fuck uh, up. Come on. Creativity? For a dog? Yeah, dude. Yes. What, what is is he going to do his signature tomahawk and get 50s or what? Like, 
I think he would do one tomahawk, but I think I, also he can recruit people from Lifetime or whatever to show him a dunk. Or I, dude, these guys have unlimited resources. I'm not worried yes, about but, the creativity. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just uh, it, it, I see LeBron like LeBron's. There's just different dunking styles, I guess you could say. Um, LeBron dunking is different from John Morant. Now, John Morant saying he will never be in the slam dunk contest, that's kind of like a, okay, bro, come on. Like, but that's there's LeBron like, precedent. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I guess, but... You can't blame LeBron for it, but you look to LeBron because he set that precedent. Like, not all superstars have to do the dunk contest. He set that precedent. I, in my eyes, I just don't think that's the precedent that that I don't think that's the message everybody should have got. I just think, yes, it's LeBron, but what does what like I'm trying to think in my head, what would what could he do on a dunk contest that would like really actually wow me? I just feel like, yes, he's athletic, but. It, I think if you did a like a windmill or through the legs at 40 years old, I'd be pretty fucking impressed. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you right now, he wouldn't have been Mac McClung. <laughs> he wouldn't have. I mean, he could have gotten the same luck. As the- but, and, and the thing is, you got to understand, when LeBron dunks, it's like he does very, like, he does the same dunks like very normal dunks. It's just that he's so athletic. He's like getting up there and whatnot. But then you see a John Morant that every other game, he tries to do some freaking crazy ass. He literally can fly. Like, like, yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of guys that need to be in this all-star game. I mean, all-star game in the dunk contest. And that's the one that's more of the ones where I'm just like, like I understand what you're saying, LeBron set that precedent, but you actually need to be in the All Star game. And let's see him. Um, who would be another good one? Another good dunker. Mm-hmm. Uh... Like, like you brought up some names earlier, Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, I think you just threw him out there. There's a Westbrook. Nut- that that's another one. Like he's just he just highly athletic. I don't think Russell West. Like I mean, you you call me crazy. I just think there's a big difference. There's a div, big difference between Russell Westbrook dunking the ball versus a Mac McClung. Like doing a when they do dunk contests is different. It is different. Like it's a different style of dunking. But I think like. Your argument is is like they're athletic and they dunk in a certain way, but my argument is they're athletic and they can dunk in all kinds of ways. Like they just haven't done it in the the dunk contest way, and like I fully believe they're physically able to do it. I just think they haven't done it, and I don't know why. Because I I guess there's a lot to lose at this point, but that was always my favorite contest was the dunk contest. I think it was three point. I just don't understand why you don't put. Dame, Steph, Clay, like all the great shooters out there. Like, why don't you just put them out there and every year they compete and that's the winner. And they can like, I think that would be like, I just don't get that, dude. Like what, what happened? There was always, there's always like one or two and then the rest are filled with like, who, why are they in the three point contest kind of deal? But I mean, that's just, they do like, Five like legitimate like NFL NBA sharpshooters like the Dame Steph Clay, and then they do like five celebrities like that would be hilarious if they did like something like that. If you want entertainment value, like I don't know, I just don't think no names like Matt. Like tell me who won the dunk contest last year. No idea, right? And tell you that's because it's not a superstar. Like that's and that it shouldn't be that way. Like I I. The, I don't know. Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, I was really glad they did what they did. And oh man, dude, it's been... Uh, it, and it's kind of hard. I don't like comparing the comparing eras thing because 
back when Jordan Wilkins, these guys were doing dunk contests. These were the cream of the crop in athleticism, you know, back in those days. And I just feel like nowadays it's everybody can, everybody can do that in a way. So it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's a different bar that's been set just cause, I mean, I wouldn't even be mad if you got like fringe all-star guys to at least do it. They, they have to reach all the way for like these Mac McClung's and they contract guys. Yeah. Yeah. That that's where I think it's a little excessive. Where are the, where are the fringe all-star guys that try to kind of make a name for themselves a little bit? elevate themselves into higher a higher status all-star superstar and whatnot no you just get guys you never like a week ago you didn't even know Kenyon martin jr who plays for the rockets i know him then you got matt mcclung trey murphy the third who plays for the pelicans and jericho sims who plays for the knicks and that's just that's just how it's been you got like a Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon. Where are those guys? How come people don't talk about those guys that when they were nobodies, like new into the league, they're out there doing that dunk contest. Haven't heard from them since on, on doing that. Um, who else? Yeah, good luck guessing from last year. Obi Topin. Topin. Obi Topin. But. I don't know. It's something that does need to be addressed. I don't know how they're going to address it. It's not like they could force these guys to do the dunk contest. It's just... It's just not what it should be, right? Like, the product you're expecting, you don't get. And that's the bummer. It's like there's a disconnect there, and it needs to be... And and also, it's just one of those things. There's only so many dunks that could be done. And the more you go through time is more stuff gets done. And it's just like, what else is there differently to do? But you're not uh, going to like, if somebody jumps from the baseline and does the one handed dunk, like you could do that five years in a row. And I wouldn't care because it's still fucking Michael Jordan. and still badass. Like, I don't care if LeBron James went up there and did a crazy tomahawk dunk five years in a row i don't care like that's fine you don't need to have something super creative every single time i would much rather it be like russell westbrook where he's like throwing the ball down that's what that's like those dunks where you have real force behind them i think are cool but i and so i don't think you need to come up with a super creative dunk every time i don't think it now if that's required to win then sure i mean you have to come up with one but I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel every single year because that's that's when you run into problems is when you're trying to do too much. But I'm well, jump I mean, cars, dude. just jump over some cars. I mean, you. I would like to hear in the public how many people would love to just see Russell Westbrook five years in a row just dunk a ball. I mean, I. It's not, if, I'm not saying every single like uh, attempt. Like no, I know what you're saying. Once one, a year. Yeah, if he did the same dunk, he had one dunk that was the same out of four for five years in a row. Like, yeah, he's not going to get any points for that. And by year four or five or year three, it's going to be a problem. It's like, dude, like, do something new. But I'm just making the point that you don't have to come up with four brand new dunks every single year. Like, it doesn't have to be reinventing the wheel. And I just think also it just – this league, there's so much athleticism – you don't need to where like where are those like I was saying fringe all-star mid-tier guys why do we have to go all the way to the bottom of the barrel and I don't mean bottom of the barrel like in talent but just why do they have to be fresh in the league rookies sophomores in the league why where are those mid-tier players that Close to all stars, but we at least know their names. They have yeah. some name value. I mean, I'm not saying this person would do would be in the dunk contest, but as far as name value, I'm talking about is, um, like a Malcolm Brogdon, like that tier of player. Like Malcolm Brogdon 
isn't the greatest player, like one of the top players in the league, but he's fringe. He's right there. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of my thing. Why where where are those guys at? Where how come they're not doing the dunk contest? All good questions. I hope they fix it because we're gonna have to start comparing which one's worse, All Star Weekend or Pro Bowl. Honestly. I mean Pro Bowl. It doesn't I actually watched some of the Pro Bowl this year and it was like relatively somewhat entertaining. Like they took a step in the positive direction. We can agree that the NBA took a step in the negative direction. So the the thing is, I give the Pro Bowl a pass just because of football. Football is violent. They they have a great excuse, honestly. <laughs> like Yeah. I, I don't need and especially at, it's like right before the Super Bowl. I don't really need Pro Bowl. I if Pro Bowl wasn't there, fine. Um I feel like the all-star game though is just has such rich history in it. And it's just sad to see what it's come to today in 2023. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, it's all like that. Another episode. Here we are once again. Uh, two fans, you know where to find us at slice Devils pod at slice Devils podcast on Instagram, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we will see you next time.